Mr. McMillan pleaded guilty to the charges, but denied having painted it blue. Details in our main news in half an hour. And now it's time to link up once more with BBC Radio 4, who join us for our weekly visit to a particular village in rural England, as Mike Flex, Nigel Pry, Uncle Mike Stand, an adapter, and the rest of the radioactive crew go round your paths. <laughs> Today we've come down here for 27 minutes to the little village of Humpingham. Isn't that right, Anna? Yes, Mike. And I know that Uncle Mike, Nigel and myself, Mike Channel's unable to be with us today, are going to have a wonderful day getting to know the people and asking them for a few requests. And uh, here, here, in fact, is the old man of the airwaves, Mike Channel. Who seems to have found his way here. Hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. Hello, Anna. Michael. Well, what a surprise. Good to see you. Yes, well, I thought it was the least I could do, as the station appeared to be completely shut up when I arrived this morning. <laughs> well, that's right, Mike, because today, of course, it's all rather lovely because we're in the village of Humpingham. Yes, it would have been rather lovely to have been told. <laughs> and I had to listen to the radio to find out where you were. <laughs> Super. Great. Nine lifts it took. Radio attached to this part of the world as you might expect and here with me now is the alderman of Humpingham Jack Titherington Sticks hello Jack uh, Jack tell us a little bit about this district uh, well no in days of yore there are four villages that served the Humpingham estate and they were Humpingham itself Strokenham up north <laughs> Lickenham down there in the south and Wallop where's that uh, Wallop's just after Lickenham <laughs> And it was divided, was Wallop, into three hamlets. Nether Wallop, Middle Wallop and VIP Wallop. <laughs> yes, hello, hello world. Um, I'm here on the local Huntingham shoot and uh, here with me is the chief beater. Am I right? That is correct. <laughs> uh, sounds a bit naughty, doesn't it? Chief Beater. <laughs> no, not, not really. It sounds like a smacker. <laughs> uh, now, I have a team of seven beaters under me. Under you. <laughs> they each beat a specific area. Yeah, area. <laughs> and their aim is to beat the birds out of the bushes. Beat the birds out of the bushes. <laughs> and drive the birds in the direction of the guns. Yeah, you drive the birds out of the bushes. <laughs> yes, yes, that is right. Yeah. In their knickers. <laughs> what? <laughs> In their knickers. What do you mean? Look, do you mind not giggling all the time? It really is remarkably charged to find something amusing every time I mention birds or beating. Yeah. Right. Sorry. Right, good. Look, <laughs> Glitz! The birds are about to come overhead any second and we'll be having a shot at them. Oh, oh, can I have a go? Certainly not. You wouldn't want me to grab your microphone and have a go on that, would you? Yeah, I would. Here, you hold it and have a go while I go and have a go on your gun. Here, let me have the gun. Oh, look, look here they come. The birds are just about overhead now and the silly sod's pointing the gun at his foot. <laughs> he shot himself in the foot. Here they come again, standing on one leg. He's taking aim again. This time he's pointing the gun right up in the air. Ow! He shot himself in the other foot. 
And now he's lying on the floor. He can't get up, but he's taking aim again. My God, he's pointing the gun along the ground straight at me. He's pointing it at me. He shot himself in the foot again. Round your parts goes down today to humping them. Round your parts goes a humping them today. Well, oh-so-daring Mike Hunt is up here with us for today's programme, and he's going to attempt to get out of Humpingham's famous medieval maze, the village's prized possession and tourist attraction. So let's join Mike now, who should be somewhere in the middle of it. Hello, Anna. So where are you now, Mike? I'm in the middle of the maze at the moment. And what can you see from there? A bugger all, really. <laughs> ah, Right, so you've got two minutes to find your way out of the maze. All right, start the clock then, Anna. Starting now. This one's Mike? Oh, there we go. Through the first one, Anna. Uh, I'm not sure that you should be using a chainsaw, Mike. Uh, oh, that was a lot easier, that one. Uh, Mike, some of those hedges are hundreds of years old. It's all right, Anna. It's no problem. I've got a chainsaw. Uh, look, look, Mike, I don't think you should be... I'll be out in a minute. It's not very difficult, this, is it? Oh, uh, well... Maybe we should leave Mike there for the moment before he gets arrested and move swiftly on to... Oh, Mike, are you all right? All right, just a couple necking the other side of the hedge. <laughs> moment before he... They were necking, not much left to neck with, really. Uh, shouldering now. Well, someone who you wouldn't expect to find here in quiet old humping him is Jeff Greggers, former lead guitarist of the Top Sixes group, The Purple Windows. But, aye, uh, aye. but here he is. Aye. Now, Jeff, you opted to get away from it all and retreat yeah. to a large house here in delightful rural Humpingham. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I suppose, what, you were tired of the hectic life of a rock star. Yeah, yeah. The noise yeah. and the pressure. Yeah. You yeah. don't get that down here, do you? Nah, nah. No all-night parties here, no cheering crowds. Nah. No nubile young girls banging on the door offering you their bodies at all hours of the night, eh? Nah, nah. No trendy nightclubs full of famous celebrities saying hello to you? Uh, no. Nothing at no. all down here, in fact. <laughs> must be pretty lonely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, suppose you must yeah. think that everybody's forgotten you. Yeah, I do, actually. Yeah. Well, what about a record? Hey, look, look, mate, I'd love to hear, you know, one of, one of really great old records. Ah, uh, yes. Know. Which one? Oh, look, how about Keep On, uh -huh. I think, yeah. Or, yes. or maybe Banana Road, eh? Yes, they're both great, aren't they? Absolute yeah, classics. Classics, yeah. yeah. Yes, and unfortunately both out of stock. <laughs> <laughs> Here is the record we personally selected for you. Outrageous by the Rolling Drones. Great song. I've been a star for 20 years, but I can still wiggle my hips. I'm ready for a set of false teeth, teeth, but I still got rubbery lips. Got the energy to rock you Oh, I'm the same age as Neil Kenner Yeah, but I'm still trying hard to shock you Well, I'm a fugitive, salad of rages Nickers, bum, and Willie Forty-five Well, I've smoked marijuana Yeah, cause I'm a Pretty crazy guy And I got kicked out of the restaurant Because I would not wear a tie Well, there's never been a rock star Who's been quite as bad as me Hell, once I stayed in bed till 12 o'clock noon And I put three sugars in my tea <laughs> Well, I'm the outrageous, the outrageous the outrageous pop 
Museum with a man who has been curator here for 40 years. <clears throat> well, uh, you're going to show us one or two things of particular interest, am I right? Yes, indeed. Now, our most prized possession is right here in front of us, a 14th century tapestry depicting life in the village. It's a marvellously realistic piece of work, isn't it? And as you can see, it centres around the peasants bringing in the harvest. Why are there dolphins on it? <laughs> dolphins, you say? Yes, in the corner there. Oh, yes, I never noticed them before. There's the big mystery and no mistake. Dolphins and us being nowhere near the sea. Mm. Well, well, I don't rightly know why there are dolphins in the middle of the village and us 500 foot above sea level. <laughs> what about the lighthouse? <laughs> the lighthouse? In the middle of the tapestry. Oh, the mill, you mean, sir. Yeah, I've, heard, I've never heard it called a lighthouse before, but now you mention it. Yes, I can just see there. It's got a light shining out mm. on the top across the fields where the peasants are toiling, while above there's nothing but the burning sun. And the air-sea rescue helicopter. <laughs> Where? Just at the top. Right? Oh, yes, by golly, there is a helicopter there. Well, 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 what very clever folk they must have been in the 14th century. <laughs> it's amazing what they had done, isn't it? You would have thought they'd have had helicopters. Mm. And cameras. Cameras? This is a photograph. <laughs> Stack me, so it is. Well, who would have thought it? Well, thank you very much for pointing that out to me, sir. It's very interesting. I must say, I've certainly learned something today. Well, thanks very much for sparing the time to talk to me. Now, what record would you like? <laughs> no, I ask you. Coming to you locally, wherever you are in the nation. This is Britain First National Local Radio Station. Radio Well, it's certainly been an unexpected pleasure for everyone to have me down here today. And uh, <laughs> let me say that after only a few minutes' acquaintance with the locals of uh, Humpingham, I find them without doubt the most difficult, moronic, dirty, and generally retarded people I have ever met. <laughs> Uh, nevertheless, I still don't know what they've done to deserve this week's offering from the radioactive rep, who have insisted on performing a specially written countryside drama called Chatterbridge. Right then, let's get these pigs mucked out. Come on, you pigs. <laughs> That's it. Uh, morning, O.O.R. Uh, morning, O.R. <laughs> Ah, oh, morning, Robin. I see you're mocking at um pigs, are uh, you, um? Yes, mucking out the old pigs, Robin. <laughs> so where have you been then, Robin? I've just been and done men done's damn fence, what done fall done. Have you? Aye, aye. Done it. And you'll never guess who was there. Who? Uh, who? Joan Amplethwaite. Joan? John's yeah. come back to Chetterbridge after all these years. Yeah. Well, come on, Reuben, quick, let's go fade down dramatic link music. <laughs> come on, Reuben, quick, let's go... Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 fade up so well after all these years. Yes, Peter and I feel well as well. And you sound just the same as when you left. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, I guess I never lost the old Chatterbridge accent, even though I've lived in another country for five years. Where's that? Switzerland. <laughs> Are these your kids? Yes. I hardly recognise them. <laughs> Tell Uncle Peter how old you are, Tim. I'm five years old, but I'm nearly six, aren't I, Mummy? Wow, wow. Look who I bet with me. Who have you brought with you, Reuben? It's my son, Jed. Tis right nice and scissor and nervous stick. <laughs> Sis. <laughs> Sis, Tom, Joan, Jed. Does I remember and then da? Cause them does them da da. Cause them does Jed and this air their son Timmy what at them same age as yet? No. Ah. No. Ah. God, this is running my throat. No, Jed. No. Ah, Jed. No. Ah. Now I know we're going to be happy here. That was Chatterbury. Don't get replayed by Trips. Peter then were played by Sprout. Ruben that were played by Flamonger Brew. Jack that were played by Smarongree. Timmy that were played by Sir John Gilgood. Chatterbury for people right at them. Well, uh, here I am standing just outside number 14 Main Street, home of local woman Gladys Bramley Sticks. And I'm about to surprise Gladys by paying her a visit. I'll just knock on the door. Hello, disc jockey from Radioactive. What's all this about then? A programme called Round Your Parts or What? Uh, hello, yes, this is a surprise visit. I'm a disc jockey from Radioactive, and we're doing a programme called Round Your Parts. Well, I never. What a surprise. Come in, Mike Channel, then. I'm Mike Channel, yes, thank you. So, uh, Gladys, you live in Humpingham. Yes. Uh, Do you like it here? Oh, very much. It's nice and quiet. You like that, do you? Oh, yes, you can keep yourself to yourself. Mm -hmm. That's right, Gladys. Who's that? That's George from next door. Uh, I must say, the walls are a bit thin, aren't they? How dare you! You better watch what you're saying. That's Jack the Builder. He lives on the other side. There's oh. nothing wrong with my walls. Isn't that right, George? Quite right, Jack. <laughs> Radioactive. Well, I'm in the 15th century manor house of the Squire of Humpingham, Lord Adrian Barnaby Barnaby. Another intriguing name. Uh, yes, well, uh, Barnaby is my uh, family name, and the Barnaby part comes from an affair my great-grandfather had with his wife, uh, who <laughs> called, called herself by the same name to avoid public scandal. I see. Now, your family have lived in the manor for hundreds of years, haven't they? Uh, yes, indeed, and it's a marvellous old house, full of unexpected nooks and crannies. Do you have a priest hole? Uh, my relationship with members of the clergy is my own affair, quite frankly. <laughs> Uh, no, I meant... Oh, I see. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, yes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. Uh, the duties of the squire must have changed a, a great deal over the centuries. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, I no longer have to raise recruits to fight the Turks. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but I'm pleased to say that uh, some quaint old customs survive. Uh, the squire's mayday feast, uh, the harvest dinner, and a particular favourite of mine, the right of the squire to enjoy the privilege of droit de seigneur, or prima nocta, as it's sometimes called. And uh, what exactly does that entitle you to? Uh, that entitles me, the squire of Humpingham, uh, to sleep with any virgin of the village on her wedding night. My God, that's appalling. No, no, on the contrary, let me assure you, it's extremely enjoyable. <laughs> people like cattle. No, no, no. I think that's very unfair. After all, I wouldn't dream of branding my cattle with a red-hot poker, whereas the village virgins... Oh, rather... you, that, you can't do that sort of thing in the 20th century. Oh, believe me, I'm well aware that we live in an enlightened time. And let me say that I have worked very hard to ensure that many of my tenants now own some of their own children. What? <laughs> well, I must go. I have to lead off the local hunt. Do you want to come along? Oh, no, thank you. I'm afraid I don't approve of chasing and killing defenceless creatures. Oh, absolute nonsense. Mr. and Mrs. Micklewhite enjoy it just as much as we do. Yeah. Are you looking for a really fun holiday? Plenty of sun, sand, and more than a little bit of what you fancy. Not to mention water skiing, scuba diving, and free drinks all night long. Are you between 18 and 30? Then you can't come. At club 30 to 60, we don't want you. Prancing around, showing off your bodies. If you haven't got a flabby stomach and saggy tits, then we don't want you. And what's more, if a holiday to you is just a non-stop orgy of sex, drugs and loud music, then this isn't the holiday for you. No, you want Club 60 to 90. Sir, what would you like? Ah, oh, we're a big is a night on a bag burlap and a vote be scrunching their goblets and Pardon? Oh, by the lurk on a weaver's gams and his ganges and Lundy's nap take on it, I tell you. Sorry, I can't make out what you're saying. You from these parts? Ha ha, we were the hotty nutty. No, no, I try from Hampstead. <laughs> Do you get caught out in the country? Then buy a copy of the country phrase book. With the aid of the country phrase book, you'll be able to talk to the natives in a language they understand. Evening, sir. What would you like? Let's see. Ordering a drink. Uh, page 98. Uh, here we are. Um, a. Pint of bitter, please. Certainly, sir. Oh, oh my God, what a splendid fellow. Let's all buy him a pint. Oh, no, no, thanks. <laughs> Thank you, country phrase book. Step inside the world of the new Triumph Vongole. It has a 3,000cc turbo engine. It has a sleek aluminium finish. It does 0 to 60 in under 10 seconds and cruises comfortably at 90 miles per hour. It has twin overhead camshafts and a fuel-injected motor. It has automatic transmission and electronic relay service, and you can have sex with it. Lie in comfort in its panoramic roof gardens. Take a dip in the heated plunge pool and relax in its genuine Scandinavian sauna. The Triumph Vongole. It's one hell of a bike. <laughs> Well, I'm standing by the village shop with uh, Mr. Barnaby Stick Sticks. 
Now, how did you... I uh... was the offspring of an affair outside wedlock that my great-grandfather Lord Barnaby had with a mad woman Matilda Sticks following another affair she had had with a man who had the same name as her due to an affair he had had with her earlier. Let's <laughs> see. I must say, uh, you do all seem to be remarkably interrelated. Oh, yes. Well, let's see. See, my father married his second cousin, and I married my father's second cousin. That's your mother. Oh, no. <laughs> that's not right, then. No, no, that's daft. That's daft. No, that's wrong. That's you wrong. married your own second cousin? No, no, no. You married no. a second cousin once No, 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 no. I'm not married. <laughs> I see. So, uh, what do you do? I grows local fruit and vegetables. Ah, any particular fruit? Well, it's a very wide variety, I grows. Mm -hmm. But uh, mostly apples and pears, that sort of thing, I suppose. No, sir, no. Pineapples and coconuts. <laughs> you grow them locally? Oh, yes, all homegrown, as are my traditional Gloucestershire pawpaws and guavas. <laughs> well, they all sound very unusual for this part of the world. Unusual is what they are. That's a very good word you hit upon there. Yes, unusual. But uh, mm. they grow all right here, do they? The record so far, sir, is 100% in terms of success. 100% successful? No, sir, 100% failure. <laughs> in terms of success, a complete disaster, sir. Don't, uh, don't you have a hothouse? I don't have a house at all now, sir, no. No, I've, I've become a complete bankrupt growing these absurd products, sir, no. Haven't you thought of uh, growing something else, something that doesn't require a hot climate? Oh, yes, sir, yes, but that weren't no more successful, no. Why not? Well, I'll tell you, you try crossbreeding a donkey with an apple. <laughs> it's not at all easy, and what's more, it can be very messy if you get an apple that's too ripe. So. Yes, yes. No, I'm afraid that all I've got left in the world now is a groat. That's about a tenth of a penny, is it? No, sir, it's a cross between a goat and a radish. Round your parts goes down today to humping them. Round your parts goes a humping them today. Well, there are always two things that spring to mind when someone mentions farmers' wives, and the second one is always home cooking. <laughs> The first one, of course, is sexual intercourse, but let's leave that aside for a moment, because uh, we're here to discuss cookery, as I uh, have with me now a culinary expert of the area, and uh, wife to a farmer, to boot, Mrs. Janet to boot. Hello. Janet, uh, you're renowned in these parts for your country recipes. Yes, the taste of the English countryside. That's how I describe my cooking. Do you? Well, I suppose dishes like uh, partridge, hare, wood pigeon and so on, they've been popular for some time. Yes, which is why these are a bit of a departure from the traditional line. I see. Well, uh, what's this one cooking here? Looks rather good. Uh, this is a scallop of vole. <laughs> Scallop of vole. Yes, as you can see, it's been lightly tossed in breadcrumbs and it's frying in a thin layer of olive oil. Yes. Is it done yet? <laughs> Not quite, no. Well, uh, maybe we could uh, see another dish you've already prepared. Uh, this looks uh, absolutely delicious. What is uh, it? This is slug vole. Oh, God. <laughs> It's a, a creamy white wine sauce to mm. which you add some diced onion, a tablespoon of garlic vinegar, a pinch or two of rosemary, or you can use tarragon, but I prefer rosemary for its scented aroma, and half a pound of slugs. Mm, now, I normally serve this in a puff pastry yes. cake, but it's equally delicious, I find, in a small, lightly grilled cow pack. Oh, dear. <laughs> Uh, uh, yes, fine. Let's uh, move on to something else, shall we? Yes, well, over here, this is stuffed 
stuffed farmhouse rat. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you cut open any ordinary household rat you find about the place, checking it for mm. disease first, of course, gouge out its innards and stuff it with mince and onions. Mm. Mm. Yes, yes. Then chop off the tail, cook it for 90 minutes and serve, making sure to remove the body of the rat and discarding it before eating the mince and onions. Then. Oh, you don't actually eat the rat, then? Well, of course not. It's a bleeding rat. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. You suck the tail. Oh. Out the town and into the country, tossing aside our cares and woe. Radioactive down in the cornfield comes to Huntingham for our show. Mm, well, we always like to seek out a little local talent on Round Your Parts, and the name that everyone has been suggesting to us here in Huntingham is that of Kevin Wallington Barnaby. Now, that's an interesting name, Kevin, if only for the fact that it doesn't have the word sticks in it. <laughs> Ah, uh, well, Wallington's my family name, and the Barnaby Park, I sort of fair my great-grandfather uh, with Mr. Barnaby's great-grandfather. <laughs> I see. Well, well Kevin, um, everyone says you're quite a singer. No, no, it's nothing. I just sing like around a pub on Friday night. Would you like to sing a bit for us now? No. <laughs> you're a proper radio like you are. No, I just really sing to get around a pub at closing time. <laughs> Come on, Kevin, the mic's over there. Come no, on. so damn. Go on, Kevin. <laughs> well, I... Night at night. No, it's damn. <laughs> go on, Kevin. Oh, go right. You are the one... Only you beneath the moon and under the sun. Oh, I can't remember the next two lines. Um, I think of you night and day. Well, thanks very much, Kevin. For... Day and night under the height of me. There's an oh, such a hungry yearning burning inside of me. And this torment won't be true till you let me spend my life making love to you. Day and night, night and day. I told you it was daft. Radioactive was performed by Helen Atkinson Wood, Angus Deaton, Jeffrey Perkins, Philip Pope, and Michael Fenton Stevens. Music was by Steve Brown and Philip Pope. And the programme was written by Angus Deaton and Jeffrey Perkins, with additional material by John Cantor, Murray Hunter, and John Doherty. The producer was Jamie Ricks. And now we say goodbye to Radio 4 listeners who leave us for their own programmes. Here on Radioactive, it's time for the news. Though he has denied painting it blue, Mr McMillan has pleaded guilty to the charge.